What's going on, everybody? It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Um, past few weeks have just been very, very hectic, man. Uh, work has been busy. My mom's birthday was September 25th, so I took some time away to go ahead and just focus on all the events that we had. We actually like did a week full of festivities for my mom. I mean, my mom, my sister, pretty much like my best friends. I mean, I have best friends, like a gentleman, my boy Chris, who would be my my best man. Uh, once I went out, when I get married, and my boy Alex, y'all met him. If y'all listen to the first episode, Alex the Great, that's my boy. Got my boy Dory and my boy E Man from Howard. <clears throat> but just took some time away because we had to focus on my mom. My mom is a big, big part of my life. She's been an anchor for my life. She is nothing short of magnificent. She is truly Superwoman. So this is for my mom. If she hears this, um, I'll probably play it for her, but she hears this, Ma, I love you, and I'm I'm just blessed and thankful, and it's been an honor and a privilege to be your son, and you deserve it. You deserve it all. Um, so I had my mom's birthday on the 25th of September, and my lady's birthday actually is October 4th, so 25th, turn back around a week later. You got October 4th, and it's just been a hectic time. So do something big for my mom, turn right back around, make an intimate, special time with my lady, and then my son. My son's birthday will actually be nine days from today. Today's October 9th at the time of recording this, and his his birthday is October 18th. So it's been a lot going on. Just want to give you all a quick recap. I don't want you to want to dole you down or whatnot. I know you guys have seen the title of this, but um, it's just been a just been life's been happening. But nonetheless, I have been paying attention to everything with the impeachment inquiry. I have been paying attention with things socially. I also recently saw the Joker twice, that Joker movie. So that recording will be come to coming to you all soon, probably in the next few days after this one drops. But for this 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 episode right here, I just want to talk about something I had to mull over it this past weekend because um, the verdict actually came out last week. Um, it's a lot of civil unrest, a lot of upset individuals, and, and rightfully so, in my opinion. But we're going to talk about Amber Geiger, the police officer that killed an unarmed African-American gentleman in the confines of, in his own home. Now, I'm going to preface everything I have to say with I know everyone has an opinion. That's why I named this show Talk Your Truth, because everyone has an opinion and not everyone will will agree with it. And I appreciate that. I respect that. And I respect each individual's opinion. But this is solely mine in regards to this. All right. But just to give you all a quick recap, um, off-duty police officer it's on her way home she mistakenly walks into the wrong apartment building or not apartment building but in her apartment building but walks into the wrong apartment sees what she believes to be an intruder sitting on the couch in the living room the gentleman ends up dead by the time police officers and medics arrive on site
there are a few things that I'm gonna out. I'm just, I'm just gonna talk about throughout this recording. But initially, when this first happened, to be completely honest, and it's sad to say, I was not surprised at all. I wasn't surprised at all because this is almost to be expected as a black person in America. This is these are things that have happened throughout history to African American people. It wasn't the police, it might have been the Klan. If it wasn't the Klan, it'd be a racist individual who aligned with the Klan. But we're not gonna get into all that. But before I move on, I just want to ask, I just want to pose a question. I had a conversation with Alex earlier, and I posed this question to him. Rhetorical, but I just want you to think. I just wonder if he will ponder before we move on to the next point. If this was a male cop, no ethnicity is involved. If this was a male cop and a female victim slain in their own home, what would happen to said cop? Would he get the defense in which this woman did? Would he be afforded five to ten years in prison with the opportunity for five with with parole after five years? Or would the media use this? As an affirmation as to how men shouldn't be in certain positions and that this is this is more of a representation as to how women should be in positions of power. I'm not saying that's my opinion, but would that be the narrative that is written? Would this gentleman get five to ten years or would he get 25 to life or 15 to 25? Would he, would he be brand a felon in which she wasn't? Will he get will, will he be able to salvage his reputation, his career after getting out of prison? Those are just a few questions I just want you to think about. If it was a black cop, male, or female, it's a black woman or a black man, killed a man or a woman that was white, how would the media twist this? How would we feel as a society? How would the, how would the American people feel about the police officer that killed the person that was in their own house? Would they be as accepting? Would the family of those, of the victim, of the slain individual, embrace the civil servant who was sworn to protect and serve in the courtroom would they would the the, the judge come down from the bench and, and enforce them if the judge wasn't a, a black woman if it was a white man because what I don't understand and what I didn't understand and um, what was brought to my attention was a rapper. I mean, I, I like rap. I mean, I like hip hop. I like jazz. I like pop. I like funk. I like rock. But there is a rapper by the name of Tay K, T A Y hyphen K, who wasn't the murderer, who didn't pull the trigger, 
but he was in the car with the individual that did. And he's serving 50 years for being an accessory, an associate, bystander in the car, and for not giving up who did it. And he has 50 years. But he didn't even pull the trigger. But you have somebody who was sworn to protect and serve. Now, I know there are specifics other than the Tay-K trial. You know, them, him running away from the police officers and his manhunting all this stuff. So I understand that. But 50 years for a teenager before 18, 5 to 10 for someone who was sworn to protect and serve their community. You pick which one. I mean, does it sound jaded to you? I think so. But the legal system in America, obviously, we we know it's not perfect. It's far from it. But what I want to talk about is like, and with all due respect to to the family of the of the gentleman, with all due respect to what this means to the community in Dallas, with all due respect to anyone affected by this, whether it be personally or do you just watch it socially. I don't want to mull over that. But there is a much bigger picture than this gentleman just getting shot on his couch in his own home. What this means to me and how I saw it when the sentencing happened is it's a further representation of how people, specifically American society, devalues the life of African-American people in this country. It's already dehumanized. The gentleman who was killed in his own home, the media reported that he had an issue with marijuana 10 years prior to his death. Is that relevant to somebody who just lost their life? Is it, is it relevant or is it only relevant to shape and mold your perspective about a person to justify you not having empathy or sympathy for him or his family or those like him? That was dead ass wrong. For the media to create that narrative, to further paint the assailant. The murderer, the mistaken cop, as more innocent than what they were in that instance. Once again, my opinion. Not here to offend, only here to inform on mine. But we, the African American people, I mean, we know. It's, it's, it's murmurs in other ethnicities, but we know. This has been happening since slavery. That's actually how law enforcement even came to be. The slave runners, the people who would go after the free, the, the, the slave, the runaway slaves. That's what they would do. And then they later band together and created what we eventually evolve into organized police force. 
Now, of course, certain things happen over time that may have changed his face, changed his makeup, both ethnic and methodog- methodological. And his thought process, it changed over time. But in his essence, in his origin, that's what it was. But the devaluing of African-Americans and black lives in this country, there's already a level of distrust in minority communities. I can only speak for the black community, but in minority communities that this is going, this is always going to happen. It's going to happen. It's, it's not going to change. And any day can be your day. Any day. You can be out with your children at a birthday party. Shopping. At a, at a, at a political rally. A family barbecue. And unfortunately, black people and minorities have that fear that if a cop car pulls up, Something might happen, and they might not be there moments later. But the question is, I know we got this whole woke culture, and a lot of people got the 24-hour news cycle, and a lot of people are like, who polices the police? Who governs the government? Nobody. Themselves. That's that's the that's that's anybody would ask me that question. Who polices the police? Who governs the government? I would shrug my shoulders like Kanye and be like, "I am extremely sad, and it's very unfortunate that you even have to pose that question. But it's even more unfortunate that you can't get a straightforward answer. Nor will you. I'm going to depict a few things and. If you paid attention to the news in the past five to 10 years or even 30 years, you'll know what I'm talking about. So African-American people, this gentleman was killed in his house, on his couch, in his room, in his living room. Black people have been falsely accused of whistling at white girls. You die. Eating snacks and drinking a sweet tea. With your hood on, you die. Selling cigarettes on the street corner in a busy metropolitan city, you die. You are taken into police custody. You die. You guessed it. You die before you even make it to the station. Being stopped for a traffic violation, your wife in the passenger seat, your baby girl in the car seat in the back seat, you die. (laughs) Having a book in your hand that is mistaken for a weapon, you die. And we come to here where you chilling in your own house you die. Your home is supposed to be a safe haven. In this trial, Geiger and her defense used Castle, the Castle defense, in which 
it states that you can defend your home, a.k.a. your castle, in any way, shape, or form, if, if you feel as if you are threatened, if your life is in danger within your own home, you can take means into your own hands. But she wasn't in her house. She was in somebody else's house. I had a conversation with Alex earlier. He posed a question. He was like, bro, how you just how did she get into his place? Because they don't have the same key. Is that cause for breaking and entering? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, nor am I a judge. But it just don't line up. You walk into somebody's apartment that's not yours. Before you pull your gun or ask a potential intruder or what you perceive as an intruder, what are you doing there? Do your senses not go off? We're gonna we're gonna we're, I'm gonna put that to it. We're gonna have an aside. I've walked into the wrong room at a dorm. I've walked into the wrong office at work. It's it's a it's it's a human mistake. I mean, we're all human. We're flawed individuals, man. So it's an honest mistake. But I can immediately recognize and acknowledge different things in that room that may not belong to me or may not be what I'm familiar with. When I walked into a different dorm, albeit the furniture was the same. I mean, college furniture. They don't. It's not like they customize each room. Anybody who's went to college, you know, across the board. Here it is. Extra long twin. That's what you get. But I could recognize how to if where where the furniture is placed. Color scheme. If I see a laptop, if I see a chair in a position, I can recognize if it's not my room or not. Without even looking at the person, I can just quickly scan like that. Scan the room. And be like, yo, this ain't my room. My bad. Or my, I'm sorry. My mistake. Supposedly that didn't happen because somebody's life was taken. I mean, God gave us two eyes. I don't know, man. She was off duty. She was tired. Maybe when you're tired, you can just go out here and. I digress. So I say all that to say, man, is that I don't distrust the majority of policemen or policewomen or policemen. I don't. I've met the chief of police here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have. Nice man. Very nice, very respectful, loves the community. He's retiring before the RNC takes place in Charlotte next year. And he's still going to come back for that because it was a duty and responsibility that he undertook for the benefit of the people of this community. That's a black man. That man I just described who's the police chief is a black man. Still doing his civil duty and upholding the office in which he was sworn into. But if anybody knows anything about biology or even just the saying, all it takes is that one bad apple. In this case, a plethora 
of bad black and blue apples. All of policemen and women are not the issue. But they, as an entity, not as individuals, it, it really sucks to be in a position where you feel as if you can't trust those who you're supposed to. Has anybody ever been in a situation where you feel like you can't trust your best friend? Or your husband or your wife? Or even a family member, a parent, a sibling, a cousin? Where you feel like you cannot trust them? It's terrible. Because it's so much internal conflict. You're like, I should be able to. It's only right that I do. But I can't. That's how a lot of people feel. I've seen beautiful, beautiful videos and instances of policemen and women be taken part of the community. I've seen tons of viral videos of a cop, white or black, but draining basketball goals or even dunking on the kids in the community, just out there playing and chilling. This is no disrespect to them or the people who are helping and serving and, and protecting and making sure when the when the Susan G. Komen puts on an Avon walk or his breast cancer awareness muscle is a breast cancer run 5K. I appreciate that. I appreciate everything that a police officer does for me in my life. But these types of instances need to stop is what I'm saying. But I say all those things to say is that it puts you in a constant state of fear and believing that you aren't safe when you should. You aren't safe in the streets. You aren't safe walking down the street with snacks. You're not safe looking or whistling at somebody or if they perceive you to be. You aren't even safe. In your own home. This needs to stop. This is becoming more commonplace than it should be. And now more and more death has just become common practice. Mass shootings here or there. Walmarts. Rock country concerts. Movies. Schools. More and more black people are dying every day. Not by their own hand. Gang violence or whatever. You want to jump to a conclusion or whatever thought came to your mind when I said black people killing black people. But at the hands of those to bring down the situation. To calm it down. Rectify the situation. Rectify the issue as civil as possible, unless they need to take extreme measures. For this woman to be given five to ten years with an opportunity for parole at five years, 
and for her defense to be able to use the task castle defense is utterly a defamation in the face of an African American's life. Point blank period. I don't know this man who passed away. But if this if this instance, like I said in the beginning, this instance was flipped. It wouldn't be a question. It wouldn't even be a conversation. It probably wouldn't even make it to an episode. But the issue is you have African American people always being put in a certain stigma, in a certain box. No matter if you're a millionaire like or a billionaire like LeBron and Jordan and Jay-Z and all these prominent individuals, Beyonce, Oprah, even if you're put in that, you're not you're you're taken away from or you you so you have that or you have everybody else. The business owner, the photographer, the the spoken word artist, the poet. The musician that hasn't made it big, so they haven't crossed that threshold. But in both of those stigmas, in both of those boxes that the African-American person in life is placed in, it's missing. Both of them are missing from the essential box. The essential box in which they need to occupy is human, in person, equal. Is the box in which they need to occupy. Microaggressions at work, looks on the street, local news, get those SOBs off the football field, kill the Central Park Five, even though they're only teenagers, give them the death penalty, justify. This type of mentality justify this type of fear because I'm just gonna be honest. I like to show you. I like to play it on both sides. No African American person in the country should fear for their lives whenever a police officer comes around. But also, there should not be so many stigmas, so many instances, and so many false representations of African American people for the police men and women of this country to feel as if they are an immediate threat. Black skin is weaponized, has been weaponized, as violent, angry, frustrating, not quick to agree, and stubborn. And incapable of thought and reason is what has been perplexed and what is perpetually just added into the cycle. I saw my grandfather earlier today and I saw that he was watching the news and there was a story near the Citadel down in South Carolina, about a sheriff that had blackface, another blackface story, blackface um, photos 
that were on earth. Not only was the sheriff a part of, like, participating in blackface, but so was a few individuals that happened to be in the Citadel yearbook. For people to dislike you, devalue you, and dehumanize you so much, and see no issue with killing you, it's a little ironic. They dress up like they want to be you. I said this before. I'm going to say it again. We need more understanding. We need more love. We need more care. But for those things to be gained, for us to be able to progress forward, you got to trim the fat. Whenever you get a, a very lean cut of whatever meat you like, yeah, the fat adds flavor, but it's not beneficial to your health. It's not beneficial for your progress. My grandfather loved, love, love, love fat on steaks. That man's overweight. It tasted great. But it ain't doing shit for his body. We're wasting space and causing pain. And that's exactly what this fat is doing to America. This is exactly what is happening. We say we need more love. We say we need more progress. We say we need more understanding about each other. Yet, we continue to do this to each other. <laughs> 